When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's another Mock Draft Monday, but first, we're going to talk about C.J. Stroud and the Senior Bowl. All that and more on this edition of the Bullpen. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of the bullpen. I am James Roy, and with me is Tom Chavria. Tom, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing really good. You know, got the intro with CJ and Tank doing the squabble, and I'm not going to steal all the thunder, but there was some squabbling going on today, and it was pretty cool. CJ Stroud had the whole AFC Pro Bowl team squabbling at one point. It was, it was wild because when they did that, he was the only one not on the field squabble. That was wild. Um, that leads us into our first topic. CJ Stroud in the Pro Bowl was one goal line, fourth and goal conversion from probably being the offensive MVP of the Pro Bowl. Um, how, how do you feel about CJ Stroud's performance in the Pro Bowl? Man, you just dream like, like you watch that and you just dream all the studs he got to throw to and how exceptional the, the, the possibilities could be, you know, when you see, Jamar Chase catch an absolute dime in the back of the end zone. Or you see Keenan Allen. Those two act like they've been playing together for 10 years, just just carving up defenses. And you watch that, and you're like, the minute they get their hands on one of those studs like that, not to take anything away from Tank or Nico, but, I mean, clearly those guys are just a a step above. I I do believe Nico can get there one day, but Jamar Chase, the, the, the way he caught that one ball, it was just like, Give me that. Give me all that of that. That was something. Did you did you hear um at, at during that one thing that stuck out to me was he turned to CJ and he said come play with me. Come play with me. Um but of the two options that CJ was really, you know, hitting for those passes. Well, realistically, so he was he's getting Evan Engram and, and David Njoku the ball, but of the receivers that he was really getting the ball to, it was uh Jamar Chase and then there's Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen has a more realistic path to being a Texan than any of those other receivers. So I guess just for fun right now, since we're on the topic, um, how would you feel if you woke up in, you know, March 13th is here and you wake up and the Texans have signed Keenan Allen to play for the team? I want to start uh, the regular season like the next day. Like <laughs> I, I need, I need the new uniforms and them on the field, like the next day going to work. Like I'd be to the moon. I mean, Obviously, this offense was very dynamic this year. And then to add another weapon for CJ, I, I just I, I would know how to deal with you know the excitement. You know, I'd just be ready. I don't know that I'd go out and buy Keenan Allen's jersey right away. Obviously, they got it, they got it mixed together, but man, I mean, that's that's a stud. That's an absolute stud. And what that does is allow Tank to be great. It allows Nico to be great. It allows everybody to have to play you straight up. And we've seen it with CJ when he has time and he has he has the ability to find his man. He makes big things happen all game long. 
and we saw that. I mean, we got a sample of that in the Pro Bowl. It's Pro Bowl. Granted, it's not like a, a real game. It's a flag football game. But, I mean, that play that he made to Jamar Chase was incredibly impressive. And it, it just brings about you, you. Everyone knows. Anyone who's listened to the show for more than three seconds knows how much I love to, to draw from the Bengals situation. So, CJ hitting Jamar Chase in the end zone in the Pro Bowl for that touchdown just really made my day just because now I can talk about that forever. But looking at all the players that could be leaving the Chargers in the coming free agency period, whether it's by trade or by any way that they will be, there's you know Keenan Allen, Mike, Mike Williams, uh, Austin Eckler. Of, of all of the weapons that could be leaving L.A., I think Keenan Allen, to me, is the most intriguing. I think that he adds, in a way, to the Texans' offense that I, makes sense to me. Um, granted, you know, Austin Eckler... To an extent, based off of positional need for the Texans, does make sense. But I don't. I just don't know if he's the running back that I want in the backfield. That I think just changes the entire, uh, you know, levels the playing field and brings this Texans run offense back into prominence. But speaking towards new prospects, kind of rolling into the next topic, the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl happened, and what I've noticed, and you you might notice it in my mock draft today. Um, is that a lot of players that maybe people weren't tracking are now in this this sort of it was described to me last off season as this group think that is used by you know Twitter fandoms of certain teams where you, uh, one person that's really well known in that circle says like oh you know um, who's that one corner from uh, Toledo Quin Quinion Mitchell I think it's Toledo I I can't remember what school he went to. Um, Quinion Mitchell is the best cornerback in the draft. Someone tweets that, like, say for us, it, John Crumpler's been talking him up, and all of a sudden, everyone's mock draft and the whole fan base features Quinion Mitchell for like a whole three weeks. So, with that in mind, who's a player that you feel like looking on Twitter or just from what you've observed, you didn't know about him before, and you might feature them on your mock draft because of what they did in the Senior Bowl? I haven't necessarily had that player that I've circled going, oh, I want this guy on the Texans. Um, like you said, Quinn Young-Mentz was one that I, I've seen as well. And then obviously Kool-Aid and Kinstry, the names, the names we kind of talked about on the last show. I, I mean, I guess as we get closer to it, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get more of that. But um, for me, I guess I, I guess I haven't done enough homework to be able to go – this is a guy they're talking about, and I want them on the Texans. Right now, I'm still so torn with what free agency could be. It's really, really hard to get excited about the draft. And and not, not not how do I put this? Not hard to get excited about it, but hard to get excited about one particular player because I'm dreaming about some of these free agents. I'm dreaming about some of these trades. You know, Patrick Queen could be out there, and then I'm going, well, that's the secondary guy I want. You know, we talked about Keenan Allen. Well, now I crossed the wide receiver off my list. I mean, uh, Matabuke for for Baltimore. For some reason, you know, they go that they don't go that route in Baltimore, and he's out there. I want him on my team too. So, as much as I want to get excited about some of these prospects, I feel like I'm tempering my expectations a little bit till I know where the holes are or where they could go. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, personally. Like our discussion last week on Mac Mock Draft Monday, I at one point in the third we were talking about Malachi. Um, I don't remember his name, but he's out of Western Kentucky. 
And we were like, oh, 5'10", he's a slot guy. I don't know if that's really what we need. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at all the Senior Bowl stuff and him and Roman Wilson out of Michigan are both coming up a lot. And I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, obviously we're not experts. So I was like not surprised that as soon as I said, I I said that about Malachi, I think it's Malachi Corley. Uh, I said that about him and then immediately I was like, oh, well, wouldn't, wouldn't you figure that I go on social media and all the draft experts are like, Malachi Corley would be perfect on the Texans. That would be a great guy for the Texans pickup. And I'm just like, oh, okay. This remind a quick reminder to myself that I'm not not the expert that I think I am when it comes to assessing college level talent for the Texans, and that I tend to let my emotions and biases get in the way. I, one of these days, I'm going to draft a mock draft that's literally just Texas players. It's just going to be like, uh, oh, Byron Murphy, uh, and then I'll go with like Jonathan Brooks, and then uh, Jatavian Sanders in some order. Some way I get all three of them. I don't think that's likely with the current Texans draft position, but that would be that would be one way to do it. <laughs> uh, looking now into our mock drafts, we're for mock draft Monday. We're gonna be running like four rounds today. Once again, no trades, so it's just as they lie. We understand that Nick Casario um, would probably just as soon get struck by lightning than not trade any one of the first pick or any of one of his picks in the first four rounds of the draft. But here we are acting like he's not going to do it. Um, so that gives us two extra picks because there's two fourth round picks currently for the Texans. Um, and th- this week we've, we figured out the technology. So for those of you that are watching, you'll be able to see Tom do his mock draft because we worked through that. And it was quite the journey, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we were definitely trial and error for a little bit. We were, but it's okay. We figured it out. So I'm going to bring up my mock draft right here. We're just going to go ahead and get started. Um, four rounds. I'm going to do warp speed so that I don't need to see what everyone else is picking. I just, I'll just figure it out when I get there. I'm going to set trades <laughs> to off. And for the randomness factor, I'm going to stick with what it has here, which is two. Um... I'm going to select the Texans, and then we're ready to enter the draft. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to get it started. Wow. I am just – so my general trend – so for those of you that don't see it, I have like an offensive tackle, uh, Amarius Mims, Keon Coleman, Jordan Morgan at OT, uh, Troy Franklin, and then Kamari Lasseter are like the top five guys. Um, personally uh, – I'm not super huge on – oh, wait. Oh, and Brian Thomas is there. Nice. Um, I'm not super huge on taking a wide receiver with this pick for the Texans. And with that, I feel like the only other option really is to go in the secondary. Um, I commonly would, would prefer to get one of the Alabama cornerbacks if they're still there or maybe that Cooper DeGene guy from Iowa. Um, but Kamari Lasseter – out of Georgia is someone who last week didn't know much about did a little more research on. I feel comfortable going with Kamari Lasseter um, with this first pick. So that's what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. Um, I think it's important. I, I don't know. What do you think of that pick, Tom? I'm going to bring your uh, mock draft up. while we're at. I, I love it. I mean, obviously we feel that um, D'Amico is going to really focus on the defensive side of the football with 
maybe some of the draft picks or maybe the free agency stuff. It's yet to be determined, but I don't see him not going with a defender uh, in the first two rounds at least. So for you to take the corner, I think that's a good pick. On my board, I have uh, Terry and Arnold here available to me, but I also have Keon Coleman, who seems like would be a good fit. And since you went the corner, I think I want to go the wide receiver. As much as I would like to see them draft a corner and go get a wide receiver, I feel like it might be easier to draft the wide receiver if you're trying to spend the money on the defensive side of the ball on edge or corner or secondary, whatever. So with that guy being available there, I think I think that's a good pick. What do you think? I mean, I think that wide receiver is not a bad route to go. You know, I've already brought it up on this episode, so I don't even need to go into it with the Bengals situation. So I, I, I'll never be against adding fire, fuel to the fire. Um, one of the one of the people that that I follow on Texans Twitter, Dr. Corey Barrett, uh, I think put it pretty well. I'm paraphrasing here because it's been hours since I read this tweet, but in in today's league, with with what it takes from an offensive perspective, that this team. The Texans put up uh, 20 points in only eight of the games they played. You got to score more than 20 points in just about any game you play to win. It's very rare that you don't score more than 20 points and win a football game with the way that passing has taken over the league. So I'll never fault the Texans for doing that. Um, keeping in mind that D'Amico Ryans is a defensive-minded coach and looking at what is, is happening to that secondary, um, I think the two biggest issues that you have are the Texans' run game offensively and the Texans secondary defensively. So if you address either one of those, I think that you're in good shape. But that being said, a first-round pick spent on making C.J. Stroud's weapons, you know, or upgrading C.J. Stroud's weapons is not wasted. So I, I don't think it's a bad pick, no doubt. But let's see. I'm going to switch over now to mine. I am at the 59th pick in the second round, and I already pretty much know what I want to do, but I'm going to talk through it for a second. Um, got an, an O tackle, uh, center, and then there's an edge, Brandon Dorless out of Oregon. Um, and then we get to the pick that I'm probably going to make, which is Jatavian Sanders. So in this mock draft, and I, I, I'm going to put one out. If you're listening to this, it's already out on Twitter on Monday. That's like my mock draft 3.0. And in this, I do take Jatavian Sanders. And, and the reason for it is, is that one? He's the, he's the second best tight end in this draft, and you know, while having watched him play at Texas, he's he's a he's a great blocker, and he can catch the ball. So I think he's he's got a good mix of both. I think he's a good fit uh, to replace Dalton Schultz because this mock draft would be assuming that Dalton Schultz does not get re-signed, um, and and I think that at the end of the day, you you want to go for. It, it, what we had in Dalton Schultz is nice, and if the Texans re-sign him, I'll be good with it. But I think that Jatavian Sanders, with the right mentoring and coaching, uh, could develop into something maybe a little bit better than Dalton Schultz. So, and and, and at worst case, Jatavian Sanders is just an, you know a Dalton Schultz that can block. So with with that, I mean, I I that's where I'm going to go with it. I don't know how do you feel about that pick, Tom? I think it's a great pick. I, I mean. I'm kind of hoping that tight end isn't something they need to draft. I'm kind of hoping that they 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 
bring the guys back, Brevin Jordan, Dalton Schultz, and then you're kind of good to go. Or if you have to, you go get a tight end on the cheap so you can really focus with these high draft picks to get impact players on either, like we talked about with uh, the defensive side of the ball or a wide receiver. I, I can't see him drafting a running back, but some people think maybe you draft a running back. So I feel like tight end would be nice. It, would, it wouldn't be bad. It's just I would kind of hope that they don't have to do it. That's just my take. No, yeah. I mean, 100%. That makes sense. Now, I've, I've pulled up your mock draft. So let's go ahead and check and see where you're at in the second round. See, um, so I look out. Like, if you if you base on their rankings, they have TJ Tampa here as the 38th best prospect. And this this is at number 59. So, you know what I mean? You're not reaching and you're filling a position of need. Obviously, oh, yeah. there's other guys in here. Uh, Kalen King, which is another corner if we wanted to go that route. Byron Murphy, uh, who we who I saw at Texas, so I like. Is there a D lineman? Byron Murphy's rank forty. Yeah, wow, that may, they must have got you messed up randomly. That's wild. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. This is just the way it worked out. We we lucked out. I mean, it's really good for you. I'm happy for you. That is wild. That is insane. The talent that you've got to pick from from this mock draft. No. Yep. Where where are you leaning? What what do you think you want to fill? So you you went wide receiver first round. So based on what you said earlier, I mean I, I feel like you have to go DT or or corner. So my hope and 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 I did this kind of I guess with this in mind, like so you take Keon Coleman because because he's he's been popping a little bit in in some of the uh, some of the Senior Bowl stuff or some of the, some of the stuff building up to the draft that kind of deal, and then you're able to take the best available and. If he fills a position of need, great. If not, you know, you've got depth somewhere. And I just lucked out. Like, I've got my pick of the litter on corner here. I've got a couple edge rushers, you know, D linemen. So, for me, I would probably take TJ Tampa just because we've talked about corner at length. We think that corner is a position that they're going to look to fill because we know Nelson's not going to come back. Um, that's, what, that's where my lean is, unless you can talk me off of it. If I Byron mean, Murphy's I- there, do you need to take him? I I feel like so the amount of times that I've run this simulator, Byron Murphy's never made it past like where he's ranked. So like you I never had a shot would, at him. I so it's tough, and we've had this discussion, um, especially leading into the the playoff game against the Browns, where you you look at the fact that yes, having Stingley Shadow Amari Cooper impacted Joe Flacco's ability to find him, but. Even more so was you know, the lack of pass rush in the first time the Texans played the Browns played as much of a role in that. And so getting a pass rush on Joe Flacco in the playoffs is really a, a huge part of it. So you're solving one problem or the other by making those picks. So if it's really just a matter of do you think that Byron Murphy as a DT prospect is is better or, or is like re- your relative gain at the defensive tackle position, is it that it has more than you would gain from getting TJ Tampa at the cornerback position. And so that's really where you're at. And, and we, we also talked at length about the ability to go best player available. So the Texans have kind of put themselves in that position and can, you know, continue to do that by, by having a good free agency. And so since we don't know what they would do, I mean, are you trying to re-sign Steven Nelson 
or are you trying to re-sign Sheldon Rankins? Like, what what situationally would you do based on your pick? Is is what I really want to know. If it was up to me, I'd probably sign Sheldon Rankins and draft a corner. I think that okay. the you know being able to stop the run and be able to run the football are the two most important things you can do as a football team if you want to be able to c- control clock and you know do all the things that winning football teams do. Most winning football teams are able to stop the run and run the football. So Byron Murphy would be a steal in my opinion, but the highest graded dude on the board is a corner that could fill a need too. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I see your point. I think that, that logically I, I like keeping Sheldon Rankins around. Um, if I'm having to choose between him and Steven Nelson, so at that point, I would probably go corner too. So I'm not going to be the one to talk you off the ledge on that one. I'm locking him in. He's also got good size too. I think he's 6'2". All right. No, yeah. All right. Let's see. So with that in mind, I'm back here uh, picking at 80, 85. And much like you said, there's a lot of players that I wouldn't expect to be available at this pick that are just still on the board and players that I kind of, I don't know, I kind of expected to be available that I don't see, like, uh, I don't see Roman uh, Wilson, I believe his name is, he, from Michigan, I don't see him, uh, and I would have expected him to be available here based off of what I know, what little I know so far, Um, and so looking at it, I'm not, I'm not really looking... I don't think Brendan Rice is real. Or I, Brendan Rice could realistically be available at this pick. So, but between him, Malachi Corley, um, or I could go safety with Tyreek Smith. Um, I could go defensive tackle, or you know, I could. There are a lot of people. There's a, there's this subsect of of Texans Twitter that just really doesn't like the idea of taking Maris Leafau. Um, at linebacker because they're like, we already have Henry Toa Toa and he's just not done much, which I think is a really strong stance to take on a player who was a fifth round pick and had stepped in and played earlier than he probably should have due to injury. And also at one point was the leading tackler on the team. So I, I, I mean, I don't know, but all, all those feelings aside about that, um, this is that point where you'll probably see me buy into the senior bowl hype. And I'll go ahead and, and lock in the pick of Malachi Corley. Get a little, a little help at the receiver position. Um, he, he's not like he's taller than Tank Dell for sure. Um, and let's look at his profile real quick just to get a feel. So his style of play, he's a slot receiver. Um, we had talks about how Tank Dell can play outside. So I'm not exactly – I'd rather – probably have her you know you know I honestly I don't think it's I don't know if it's realistic but I'd probably rather have Brendan Wright I'm talking myself out of everything that I've decided so far as it happens but Brendan Rice is standing 6'2 he's a, a classic uh, outside X receiver I think he better meets the needs that the Texans have he's got that pedigree you see right there is a picture of him with his dad Jerry Rice arguably the best wide receiver in NFL history. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact he immediately has, but something about his pedigree w- makes me want to believe that he could be really good in the NFL, especially with CJ Stroud throwing him the rock. So 
I'm going to lock in Brendan Rice. I changed my mind. I'm going to do that. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's a good pick. Uh, I totally cannot fault you for doing that. Um, I just messed up my draft somehow, clicking on somebody's face. So I'm trying to fix it. But I think Brendan Rice is a really good pick. I think you should definitely lock that in. I don't see any issue with that. Again, I'm big on best available. So I feel like he probably fits that mold for the Texans. So can't hate that. Uh-oh. It took you all the way back. Are you going to? Yeah, yeah. I, I got to, like, fix it. And I mean, the only way you can fix it is I think you just have to, like, start over and, like. Yeah. Make the make the picks to get you to. I'm gonna try to the fourth round. I'm gonna try to. So but yeah, I clicked on the guy's face to like get his profile or whatever, and it just like immediately took me to some other page. I'll tell you. Sorry I really about like this, this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's all right. I I really like this website, but there's points where I click it, and I'm like, did I just lose my whole mock draft? Like because mm-hmm. I clicked the wrong button, and the navigation is strange. Oh, you still get Keon Coleman in the first round. That one I could I could have got like crazy with it, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Now now I kind of am leaning, based on the way this fell, to taking Byron Murphy. All right, I, I guess go I, ahead and do it. Yeah, we 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 were basically fifty fifty on that. Yeah, I mean it was really about. <clears throat> there's moves that have yet to be made that would determine the viability of of that happening. So in this scenario, I would have uh, I would have a hard time picking the best available right now because it's JJ McCarthy and Malachi Corley, <laughs> and I started with Keon Coleman. I, I really had the, the the better setup in the last one. Let's hope it works out that way. So going this way, I was looking at guard, and there was a guard that was available from Oklahoma. I can't remember his name at the moment. But I went to click on his face, and that's how we got sidetracked. But I would think at the third round, if the best available is a guard, knowing that the offensive line had some issues, I was I was going to ask you what you thought. Would you? Would you? Would you? Would third round be too high, too rich for for taking depth at guard? I think that you my so what I did last week was I took Cooper BB here from Kansas State. And I would stand by that pick in the third round if he was there. Um, simply put, and, and and spoiler alert, if you haven't looked at Twitter yet, that, once again, this mock draft I'm talking about, I did a three-round mock, and I put him as my third-round pick. I think that it, it what matters is, is looking at his scouting report and seeing how much he played left guard. Because mm. if you're drafting a guard at that point, you're drafting insurance for if Ken, Kenyon Green is not ready to be that first-round pick that we want him to be. So... If you're drafting at that position, you're you're drafting under the pretense that one, Jarrett Patterson and Juice Scruggs. Juice Scruggs is going to play center, and so Patterson could be your left guard, and he was he's pretty good at center at times, but you want to kind of improve there. So getting that third-round pick in at left guard gives you more depth at that side. Um, you're, you're assuming that Jarrett Patterson is going to be the backup center, um, and so, yeah, you're just basically drafting – your potential backup left guard, but it could also be your starter. So, yeah, I'm on board with it. My thing is that I need Titus Howard at, at, at right tackle. Whatever oh, does, 100%. Whatever gets him there. I, I, I really hope that that was a thing because we had a surplus 
and he was a better guard than, you know, who we had at guard. But now that it looks like right tackles opened up because uh, George Fant's out the door, I think that needs to be Titus Howard, and I think he needs to be left alone. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. Um, are you going to go with the left guard? Is um, it a... Christian, Christian Mahogany. Christian Mahogany. Yeah, I think I'm gonna lock that in. I I, I really thought about the corner because I went D D uh, D line in the second round, but there's there's really good corner depth in the free agent market, and I think they can go get a corner, uh, a, a veteran corner, so they're not really having two super young corners. I don't know. Some people want that. I kind of feel like you need a veteran guy. We'll see. So All I'm locking right. in Mahogany. Lock it in. Do it. All right. We're back to me. And I am at the 123rd pick. Um, this is a point where I'm kind of eyeing the running back market personally. Um, I mean, I think that there's a lot of ways. You could go safety or linebacker if you're trying to bolster up defense at this point. Um, so of the running backs available, I mean... I don't know. I was pretty high on, on Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin, but he's more of a fifth-round pick at this point. Um, Audric Estime out of Notre Dame is ranked entirely too high for me to believe that I could get him. So I'm going to explore Dylan Johnson out of Washington. Let's see, six foot, 218. Um, did not get a lot of run this past year. What happened? I got to look at his timeline. Um, says standout running back began at Mississippi state. Um, let's see at Washington. He became a dominant force, uh, in a single season. He had 1300 or 1100 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns, um, matching his previous career total with Mississippi state. His remarkable year was highlighted by a four touchdown game against USC and it underlines his capabilities as a workhorse back. So that's what that's what I'm really looking for right there. I mean, he may have had an injury, it would appear. Um, but let's see his summary. Let's see, looking forward to his media impact like we felt run heavy in a run heavy offense where he can use his power and vision to control game uh, game tempo. His receiving skills will also be an asset. Yeah, it seems like he's just what I'm looking for at this point in the draft is a guy who has shown potential in like a lot of facets as a running back and could fit what the Texans do, which they like to open with the run there. I think he could be a fit. I, that's not from actual knowledge of the scheme that was run at Washington, but he seems versatile enough to fit what the Texans could need. So I, at this pick, I'm going to go with Dylan Johnson. How do you, how do you feel? I know you said you weren't going to take a running back in the second round, but in the fourth round, what do you think? Man, it just I can't see a scenario where they take a running back this early for the simple fact that you you know you're gonna have your RB2, in my in my opinion, if they go out and make a move, you have your RB2. If they if they did nothing in the running back room and they brought no one in, then yes, I think this is a perfect place to pick. If you think that Damian Pierce is gonna be the lead back and then you're looking to fill the his backup role but i gotta believe they're gonna get somebody in here a veteran running back to take your rb3 in 
that early seems like a wasted pick to me. So for me, this this is this pick is made under the pretense that the Texans have signed uh, a running back in free agency like a uh, a Saquon Barkley, if you will. And this is made under the pretense that they they want to give Damian Pierce competition. And so they're ta- they're making this pick not because they think that this guy's RB3, but because they think this guy could be RB2, depending on how camp goes and how they feel about him. So that's why I make that pick personally. I, I don't think he's just a clear-cut RB3. could be. And it'd be a really high pick to spend on a running back that never sees the field or rarely does. But um, that's that's about where I'm at. So let's take a look at your mock draft. I'm going to pull it up. So right and- now... I've got a couple different ways I can go. Obviously, we haven't pulled a corner. I think they could pull a corner here. Uh, Chris Abrams Drain, that could be a pick. He's uh, he's ranked right around that spot. Uh, if you think linebacker is a move they could make, uh, Tyrese Knight. Ty- Tyrese? Tyrese? I don't know. Tyrese Knight uh, out of UTEP could be the move. but he, But I think... Right here's a spot where Miko gets an Alabama guy and he takes an edge rusher. This uh, Justin Abojbi, I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. Probably murdering it. Looked him up. Oh, probably. Year, I can't see it. Fifth year senior. I think, uh, you know, Alabama guy. Obviously, some teams just have affinity for, you know, they're all my mater. You, you see Alabama guys throughout uh, the Texans roster. And I think this could be a good pickup, an edge rusher. Obviously, we don't know what they're going to do opposite Will Anderson. But uh, Will Anderson and uh, this guy have played together, so there's going to be instant chemistry. I think that's where I'm going with my pick. I mean, yeah, I I, I could believe the bias towards the university, if you will. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think that that's a solid pickup. I, I, I have no problem with it. Um, I mean, the Eagles are basically trying to build Georgia up in Philly, so why not try and build Bama down in Houston? Um, let's see. I'm gonna Seven bring... sacks as a fifth-year senior is not, not anything to scoff at. Not anything to not think about when you're making that pick. Um, this is so tough. So, like, usually um, – this simulator is pretty close to ranking, so it's easier. So, like, I don't want to pick a guy that's clearly, like, not meant to be here based off the current rankings. He could end up being here. I mean, there's a lot of guys that that happens to. But trying to kind of stay true to rankings, um, I'm looking over more in this area here. And then the players that stick out to me are Cedric Gray and Jalix, uh Hunt. So a safety slash edge, that intrigues me enough to click on the profile for sure. Because safety slash, so it says his position is safety, but I guess maybe he played edge at one point. Um, Let's see, safety, safety. Yeah, I don't know why. That's the same thing with Cade Stover where it like just confuses me to no end trying to see what exactly he is or why they're showing that. But at the end of the day, I, I think... And I'm going to look at Cedric Gray's profile, but if I think for my final pick, I want to go linebacker to give uh, you know D'Amico a, a fourth-round pick type player to develop and work with. Um, and so 
This is a, a multi linebacker or multi role linebacker, Cedric Gray out of North Carolina. There's also Jalen Ford out of, out of Texas, um, but I'm going to put my bias away because he's ranked 177th, so he's he is far from being in this round. Um, but looking, I mean, he's I, I don't know if 473 is super quick for a linebacker, um, but let's look at his. Let's see, do they have a summary written up about him? Let's look at his weaknesses. I like to look at people's weaknesses first. It kind of gives me a feel. He'll need to be covered up to be effective. He's not the kind of guy you can line up in a pass rush and have him bend the edge. He's limited to shooting through gaps. Um, as a run defender, he's too much of a grab-and-drag tackler, lacking violence, and too frequently allowing running backs to escape. That's not good. We don't like that one. But the Texans' run defense as a whole is really good, so I don't know if that's as that's something that they can probably work on. I don't know if it's as big of a concern at this position. Um, he's a guy who can be put on the edge every down and be expected to consistently create pressure, which seems to contradict needing cover because he can't, you know, bend the edge. But that's neither here nor there. He has elite athletic skills. Um, plays bigger than his listed size. Um, and then he has an excellent feel for working off blockers. Um, I mean, I think that a lot of that can be coached up. And he's the best rated linebacker at this position. So um, I'm going to go in that direction. Oh, or we could go with Christian McCaffrey's brother, Luke McCaffrey, QB Rice. <laughs> go ahead and get our, our third string quarterback, assuming that we don't keep Davis Mills. I feel like with that name, you know he's got a good set of hands on him. If he wanted to be a wide receiver or something like that, could be an interesting pick. I think you'd see something like that like in the seventh round or something. Yeah. And then looking here real quick, like so I took Jatavian Sanders in round two, but one of the alternative paths that I could take in a mock draft in the future that I've been contemplating, another – senior bullism where I've seen people talking about him on the feed and I've, I've watched and I'm like, okay, this guy's interesting. But Theo Johnson out of Penn state seems like an interesting prospect at the tight end position. So I could see it. It feels like it might be kind of a reach to go for him with our second, fourth round pick, but I could see myself doing it if I felt like I needed to cover tight end and I wanted to go that route. Um, but for, for my final pick, I'm going to be going with uh, where is he? Cedric gray. Linebacker, North Carolina. So let's see. And now I'll bring up yours, and you can make your final pick, Tom. So what do you got going on? So I really looked at the corners because I, I don't have a corner yet. And um, I think that they they will draft a corner in this draft, whether it be as depth or as a starter. It just depends on where they do it. Uh, I looked at the two corners that were available to me. The weaknesses, like you pointed out, you like to look at their weaknesses. They were really, really bad reviews. One was, uh, you know, a guy that was going to draw a lot of pass interference, too handsy. The other one had poor feet. So then I listened to you talk about them wanting to potentially get their hands on a linebacker. And this guy's still available for me. So he's a UTEP guy, four and a half sacks, one forced fumble. Um, we go and we look at some of the, his weaknesses. It's in a hurry to get up the field, but shows poor instincts when locating the ball against the run. I think that's something you can coach up. 
I think something D'Amico can can really kind of teach. You know how he feels about trying to teach some of these later round draft picks. So if you're gonna get a linebacker or something where it's not a motor question, you know what I mean? It's not a work ethic question. Those are the guys I think would fit D'Amico and being able to just teach technique. So uh That's why like Cedric Gray was they, they said he's like a freak athlete. I'm like, okay, that's good. But um yeah, so this is the best available guy to me. Uh, I also looked at Eichenberg, Tommy Eichenberg out of out of Ohio State. Uh, I want to say I remember that that name in some of the bigger games. You know, Ohio State was playing for potentially a national cha- championship all the way up to the end. But in the end, I just took the best available guy, which was uh, this guy. Unless you could talk me off of that pick. No, I mean I I think that that. It's important to get D'Amico a, a developmental linebacker of sorts if you're not going to get him one early in the draft, you know. So at that point, I don't feel like, like you reach a certain point in the draft where you're looking for a guy that you think could be really good or you, that you think like is a good depth piece. You're not, I don't think, it, it's like, you know, Brock Purdy situation. Ideally, the guy becomes a starter. But like the the 49ers didn't draft Brock Purdy and think, okay, this guy's gonna be our quarterback. Like, you know, it but it could happen. So like I I agree with you. We're looking for guys that, that show good effort. And and another point that I, I that I want to bring up as we kind of come to an at the end of this, I'm gonna bring us back down here. Oh shoot, let me see. There we go. Um I mean, if we look at last year's draft through the first five rounds, Nick Casario I think all but one players were of the players were team captains at their school. So I think that's something that looking forward, that's what I'm going to be looking at is I'm going to be looking for draft prospects that were team captains. Cause I think that's an attribute that Nick Casario uh, takes very seriously. And so, I mean, there are plenty of guys that are team captains at their school that are not, you know, first, second or third round talent that could eventually become like really good at the pro level. So I, that's what I'll be looking out for in the future. Um, but Tom, do you have any, any final remarks about your mock draft or the, you know, the mock drafts in general before we kind of bring this thing to a close? I think we really tried to emulate what the coach speak that D'Amico Ryans has been using. Uh, I think your, your draft as well as mine had more defensive than offensive players. I really feel like that's the direction the draft is going to go. Uh, we'll see. I mean, this could all be moot. They could make a lot of picks, you know, or dra- uh, trade a lot of picks and then get draft capital for the following season, just decide that they're going to make their moves in free agency, something like that. But if they don't make any moves, I feel like it's going to be leaned a little heavier to the defensive side of the ball. And I think we did a really good job of uh, capturing that. Yeah. I mean, my, mine was uh, two defensive players, three offensive players. Um but yeah, but you have that, that one running back that makes no sense. <laughs> I, I you, you know, we could argue back and forth about that. We we both have very different opinions on on the issues with the Texans run game, but I I'm confident. Now, what I'd like to see is maybe a little bit later there's a guy, but like just for the sake of this draft to get it out there, I put him in uh or Dylan Johnson in there, but Braylon Allen is is a 5th round pick projected and if we when and if we expand expand out to the 5th round He'll probably show up in quite a few of my mock drafts, but my, my, I mean, my final thoughts are: I, I agree with you that defense is the focus. I mean, I feel like putting uh, for me, even though more players were offense, 
Um, you know, my highest pick was a cornerback that I expect to immediately contribute. And looking at my mock draft of the players that I drafted, you know, I'd say that two fringe three are expected to be starters. Um, I, I, you know, I'm just going to go with two. So Jatavian Sanders and, and Kamari Lasseter. So 50-50 split on addressing that. But I, I do think it's important that the Texans uh, give C.J. Stroud weapons. But it's going to be interesting to see with D'Amico being the head coach if that's how they approach it. So with that in mind, thanks for tuning in. Um, as always on the bullpen, th- at least through draft day, it's, it's, you know, mock draft Monday, free agent Friday. So tune in for those. Um, we, that's, that's the plan. I mean, that's what we got going on. Um, I can be found on social media at M1 Texans fan. Um, and Tom can be found at third coast Tom on Twitter. And that is, you know, once again, I'm going to keep spreading this rumor every episode until it happens or it doesn't. But Tom is rumored to be in possession of an Instagram account, but he's not gone public with it yet. So that's just, you know, some breaking news, or I should say an update on the news that I broke a few episodes ago about Tom's social media presence. Uh, Tom, do you, do you care to comment? Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Is it, I'm only here so I don't get fined. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been real. It's been fun as always stay classy, Houston. And until next time, vamos Texans. Thanks for tuning into The Bullpen, a Texans podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from The Bullpen. Take the hand up. Stroud looking.